Hi there. Thank you for listening to Hashtag NATO Jobs, the podcast. My name is Julie, and I'm your host for this first season of conversations with NATO staff about working for the Alliance. Each episode, I have a chat with one of the staff members to discuss their experience. They give you an insight into their personal NATO journey from A to Z. What made them decide to apply to NATO? How do they feel their current job allows them to make an impact? And what would they say to someone who's thinking of applying? Welcome to the studio today, Tom Morin-Robinson. Thanks so much, Julie. It's, it's really a pleasure to be with you. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. I was, uh, you know, I was a little bit excited for this podcast. I was thinking about it last night, and it, it almost felt a little bit like redoing a job interview. So I started getting a little bit nervous, but then, you know, ideas started coming together, and I think, I think it'll be a fun conversation. Yeah, I think it will be, and uh, no need to stress, although, as I just confessed to you, I always get a bit nervous as well. So uh, could you tell us a bit about your background, Tom, both on a personal and a professional level? Sure. Um, well, again, my name is Tom. I'm a, I'm a program officer in NATO's Public Diplomacy Division. I've been with NATO for nearly five years now, working in a few different capacities, uh, all uh, all around communications. And, uh, you know, personally, what to say? Uh, I'm, I'm in my mid-30s. I'm Canadian. I'm from Quebec. Uh, but I've spent most of the last decade living internationally uh, in, in, in one city or one country or another, which has been a, been a pleasure. Um, you know, personally, I love, to, I love to exercise. I love to cycle. Um, and I love discovering new parts of, of new cities. So, uh, yeah. Okay. And you already mentioned your job title to us. Um, but... Yeah, could you please explain in layman's terms what it is that you do on a daily basis? Sure. Um, so I do feel like I really need to zoom out uh, a little bit on this. Um, so I mentioned that I work in NATO's public diplomacy division, uh, which, to put it in the simplest terms, is NATO's communications division, our comms shop. But I think... Stopping there really does it something of a disservice. Uh, the breadth of what we do with a relatively small team is actually really, really quite wide. Um, and I think as communicators, that gives us a really important job. We need to make sure that our publics know what we do um, and understand how NATO is working to keep them and, and their countries safe. Um, my little part of that pie uh, involves, honestly, a lot of listening and a lot of talking. Um, so I mentioned I'm a program officer in our engagement section, and uh, and really the nature of that role is to nurture uh, what I guess we call strategic communities uh, and networks, um, and also making sure the alliance is getting face time with our publics. So what we're aiming for are longer-term, two-way relationships. Um, And that really ranges whether we're speaking to members of parliament in different countries, whether we're speaking to uh, students who um, who care about what kind of work NATO is doing, or maybe even don't know very much about it and, and have a lot of questions. Uh, so we work with think tanks. Uh, we work with universities. We also work with really small civil society organizations sometimes, which uh, you know have one or two people working in them, and, and youth groups. And so basically the goal is there to bring... The, yeah, the goal there is to bring NATO closer to those audiences and really make them understand what it is that we're doing. Exactly. Okay. You know, I think there's a lot of formality sometimes in, in how we interact with, with the public. And, and that's important. You know, I mean, the work we do is serious. It's, it's security and defense. Mm -hmm. um, but 
I think it's equally important to um, offer people uh, a slightly more casual setting as well for them to be able to ask their questions and to be able to have a personal interaction with the Alliance. Did you always know that you wanted to be in communications? Um, n no, you know, um, it's... Um, It's something I, I, I came to through, uh, through I think a bit more of a, maybe an unusual path, uh, uh, in, in my career. I mean, I, you know, even, even NATO in general was, was not, uh, always something that had been on my, on my radar. I mean, I can, I can sort of go through that, uh, a little bit. Um, you know, I think I have elements of, of my career that are, more standard for working at NATO and, and then other elements that, that kind of aren't, you know, I, I, uh, I studied. That's interesting, mm. especially those that aren't typical for working at NATO. I think yeah. our audience could be interested in that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I started, uh, I studied political science in Canada as an undergraduate. I, I think that's, that's relatively, typical. that's yeah. relatively typical. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, uh, and then after graduating, I, I took off to teach, uh, high school in Japan for two years, which, which I don't think, uh, is, is typical. I mean, uh, I was completely off the grid in terms of security issues. Um, but at the same time, completely immersed in an environment which was totally foreign, uh, to me. And so that was, that was exciting. And, and so I think coming back from, um, Japan, I knew I was interested in doing something internationally, uh, but that leaves a lot of doors open. Um, uh, so, of course, I think when you still have questions about where you're headed and, and how your career is going to look, well, you, you, you go back to school, <laughs> uh, which is what, what I did. Um, And I decided to go to graduate school in, in Europe, uh, which now I think we, we start moving more towards uh, a more typical path. Uh, you know, I studied international relations. I studied uh, public administration. Um, and I started getting more attuned to um, politics and international relations in, in Europe, which I think is a part of the world by virtue of the European Union and by virtue of all these countries kind of working together on, on and, and sharing different elements of sovereignty is a place where I think international relations is, is more active than in a lot of other places in the world. And being Canadian, you start building a bit of a more transatlantic consciousness um, uh, living and, and working in Europe. Um, And, uh, you know, I, I wrote a thesis on climate issues. Again, I, I, you know, I wasn't quite thinking about security just yet. But I found myself um, interning in the Czech Republic um, in a think tank that was working on hostile information and disinformation, sharp power, uh, how nation states were kind of leveraging information to their advantage to, to get a leg up in the international system. And, and that was... The beginning, I think, that of something, something clicked. Yeah. 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 And ah, that's really interesting. It's something that also came up in the previous podcast that sometimes based on certain coincidences or, or certain events in life that maybe don't seem that worthwhile or that conscious choices, like it can really define your path, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah, no, very much so. Um, and, and, you know, I think from there, I was, mm. I, I was sort of on the rails a little bit at that point. I mean, I, I ended up at the, uh, the German Marshall Fund of the United States, which is, uh, you know, a major transatlantic think tank specifically as this kind of mandate uh, of, of rapprochement between Europe and North America. I was working out of the Paris office there, uh, doing policy, policy research and also convening. 
Um, and, um, and I'd applied at the same time for an internship at, at NATO. Um, and so I, I didn't go, you know, I didn't go through a war studies program. I wasn't a military history geek or anything. Uh, you know, I cared about security. I cared about, about so-called high politics, uh, and, and the kind of work that's discussed at the organization. But what I think drew me to apply and what really interested me were, was multilateralism and international cooperation. And again, you know, NATO, 31 countries, soon to be 32, uh, dealing with security, security and defense. And that's questions of your country's safety, your country's borders, your country's people. I mean, these are, I think, naturally an element of national sovereignty that, that hits really, really close to the, the core of what countries and states have kind of found to be important. And part of what I found so fascinating at NATO was countries being willing to do this work collaboratively, mm -hmm. to come together, to find common approaches. Yeah, exactly. And to me, you know, security internationally really is a kind of bedrock that allows us all to, to thrive um, and to live peacefully in a complicated and interconnected world. And, and just personally, I find it too important. Uh, to be left to one country. Too important for us to be working in our own corners on this. Uh, we need to be working together. And that's what's happening at NATO. And, and that's what really attracted me. I was like, how can we take something like security and find a way to do it collaboratively? And so then you come here to NATO as an intern. And then what happens? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, there was no getting coffees. I can, I can tell you that, you know, I mean. Good it, for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was really, it was a phenomenal program, honestly. Uh, and, and I really have to recommend it to any young person who, who is considering working at the organization. Um, if you're ready for it, um, you'll rapidly find yourself doing very real work on your team um, in contributing to the day-to-day -day of, of what's happening, you know. Um, I interned in uh, the Strategic Communications Unit of, um, of the Public Diplomacy Division. And, um, you know, I was there, uh, I was there for, uh, uh, God, for, for two years uh, and, and a little bit more. I mean, there's so much to learn. The organization is is so complex, uh, but I had um, I had a great uh, a great time a great time doing it. And for people thinking of applying to the internship program, would you say there's like a typical profile of an intern? I think you you know in in the experience I've seen and in the cohorts uh, that have come through, right? I mean, the internship program takes uh, I think I mean you probably know better than me, but about thirty thirty ish people twice a year, so you have a lot of people coming through. And you have different profiles. You have people I've seen who are just out of a bachelor's degree uh, in their early 20s. You have people coming out of a master's degree. You have people who are coming out of a, a doctoral degree who, uh, who already have a, a fair bit of experience. So you have this diversity. But I find often what's attractive in there is that you have a bit of experience working in a large complicated, multi-stakeholder organization. Uh, again, NATO consensus-based decision-making at the top, but also a big internal culture of consulting, of reaching out to the different experts we have around the house, um, and having an understanding of the complexity of the organization and where you can go to get information, help, support, advice. And uh, I think having some experience in 
government usually prepares you a little bit to do that kind of thing. NATO continues to adapt to a new working environment, you know, as we establish uh, new areas of business like working in innovation, working in tech, um, having uh, an, a tech accelerator. I think you'll see lots of opportunities for people who might have experience in the private sector, might have experience in startups, um, or have a diversity of a background, find a place for themselves at NATO. Uh, so there's, there's lots of different types of jobs for different types of people. And you yourself, you come out of the internship program. Um, how do you feel it has helped you or has allowed you to evolve as a professional, being a young professional at NATO? Um, um, I found myself, honestly, having to get myself up to speed uh, really quickly. Um, and I'm really grateful for, you know, the opportunities that I was given there because it was challenging. Um, and that's what I wanted and needed at the time. And I think if you're incoming as, as an intern, I mean, my advice is always take, take every opportunity you're presented with. You know, um, if you think, oh, oh man, you know, I've, I've, I've never done that before. That's new to me. I think it'll be hard. Uh, do it anyway. Um, and people will be ready to help you. Uh, and you'll have come away, I think, having gone through a challenge, but having realized that you can do it. And you can do it um, not by yourself, but with help, I think, of, of very collegial colleagues, mm -hmm. uh, which is something sometimes you look at a big uh, multi-stakeholder, serious organization working on serious, uh, you know, uh, security and defense. Uh, you have all these military colleagues. You think, oh, man, it's going to be very, very serious, very formal um, unforgiving maybe. And, and NATO is anything but. I mean, exactly. in the different places that I've worked in this house, people are so warm, so collegial. Um, despite coming from all these international backgrounds, all these different countries in Europe and North America, um, and that's not even the only diversity you have, right? I mean, you have, again, colleagues who have had a long career in the armed forces. You have colleagues who are diplomats. You have colleagues who have gone through think tanks. Um, you have uh, young people, more experienced people. You have all this diversity. And I find people just really come together with, uh, you know, for passion for what they're doing, a readiness to help and to contribute and uh, to, to really do their, do their best. And, and that's something, that warmth, uh, Surprise me. Now that I'm here, it doesn't surprise me. But I think if uh, putting myself before I arrived, I was I was ready for something very serious. Yeah. Uh, so and and we take the work seriously. Don't don't get me wrong. But uh, that warmth is really yeah. there. Same for me. Uh, before starting working for NATO, I was like, oh, that's like a big black box, and I do not know what to expect. And it actually it scared me a bit. Mm. Like like you said, I thought it could be a very unforgiving environment. Yeah. And then I joined and I was like, Ooh, this is one of the warmest environments I have ever worked with. Mm -hmm. And I think because of that diversity, it makes it a very rich soil for people to thrive and want to evolve and, and work together. So, um, yeah, that's very recognizable uh, what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that conversation that often takes place about international communication skills. You know, I, I think that that's important, but I think often you sort of get that, that confused for, oh, you know, I know everything about the mores of this culture or that culture. Uh, but I find often, um, and, and what's 
served me well here and anywhere that I've worked, um, including when I was in Japan and the only non-Japanese person in, in the entire school I was working in. Um, it's about how you communicate. Uh, is It's about communicating clearly uh, with, with concision, um, but also about conscientiousness and empathy. I mean, these are totally cross-cultural. Uh, and I, I think if, you, if you're bringing those kind of skill sets to, to the NATO environment, you know, you'll, you'll succeed. Yeah, Tom, you're mentioning that uh, a lot of the colleagues, they're very helpful and everybody is in this together. That also makes me think, of course, that there's a lot of challenges uh, that you're faced with on a daily basis. Uh, could you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, you know, the reality is this, this is still a very big and complicated place. Uh, and I think definitely when you first arrive, there's an immense amount to learn. And your colleagues are congenial. They're, they're there, but they're also extremely busy. There's, there's a lot of work going on. And you do, you know, you do have to do a lot of, um, a lot of reading, a lot of listening, uh, a lot of educating yourself on the breadth of what NATO is working on. And, and, you know, I've, I've been here for almost five years now. I still learn something new about what the organization does on, on like a weekly basis. And I think it does take a long time, um, before you, uh, you really feel, um, comfortable with the understanding of the work that happens here. I think longer than at certain other places, just by virtue of, you know, NATO doesn't stop at the headquarters in Brussels, right? Uh, there's all these other elements of the work we do, uh, missions, operations, uh, and a long history as well, you know, going back to 1949, uh, um, all of which... All this stuff comes and shapes how NATO is perceived in the world also. Uh, and so when you communicate, uh, you're never in a vacuum, you know, uh, and you, yes, there's everything going on uh, today, whether it be Russia's war of aggression against Ukraine um, uh, or any other aspect of the work NATO does, but you're, you're still also communicating in this overall context of everything that's come before you when you arrived at NATO. Um, so you do really need to be ready to learn, to put in the time uh, to do that. Um, I, I think you come away richer for it, uh, but it's, it's a challenge. Any other tips or advice you would like to share with the young professionals that are listening today? Well, um, continuing that, that train of thought about the footprint of the alliance, you know, if, if you're really interested in working for NATO, um, my, my best piece of advice is to cast your net widely. There's a lot of places you can work, um, and a lot of places that get you into the orbit of the organization. So, I mean, absolutely apply for our internships at NATO headquarters. Look at the many temporary posts that we have open as well as a, as a young person. Look at the, the careers that, that are also open. Um, but remember that you can also work uh, at the military side of things, even if you're a civilian, um, you can work um, at our procurement agency. You can work at our communications agency. You can work at NATO's parliamentary assembly. There's a load of places that have internships, that have opportunities for young people uh, that 
get you working at NATO. And, uh, you know, I, I think whether you come in in one place or another, uh, you, you might find yourself really liking it, sticking around and also then moving, moving from one place to another. You know, I myself, um, when I was working uh, on a contract basis, found myself working in, in Norfolk, Virginia at Allied Command Transformation, which is sort of our, one of our military strategic commands that works on forward thinking, thinking about the future of, of, um, of warfare and of, of the international security environment. And that was really exciting. And, and, you know, I, it was before I'd arrived in NATO, not something I knew very much about. And so even just internally, there's these opportunities to move and, and to learn. I'd say also um, look at your national representations to NATO. Um, there are pathways. If you are a young person in your armed forces, there's definitely some ways to find yourself at NATO. Same thing if you're uh, in, in other elements of your national service. That can be really exciting. Um, so there's there's lots of ways to get here. And so I think if you're really interested in doing that, uh, make sure you explore all of them. Um, yeah. And especially for the young people listening out there, or maybe the less experienced people, I should say, um, don't forget about our Young Professionals program either. It's a, a yes. very nice one next to the internship program as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think one where you still get to rotate through uh, yeah. three, if I'm not mistaken, different yeah, NATO bodies. I mean, that's an exceptional program. Not one I did, but I wish, I wish I had. <laughs> I was already here, but uh, I remember when it was, it, it, the, the first cohort was done a couple of years ago and it's... A fantastic program. Yeah. Uh, so really, really one to look at. Exactly. Um, I have one last question for you, Tom. You touched upon it slightly already um, about the moving around part. Uh, of course, you have quite a bit of international experience. Now, again, at NATO within a highly international context. What was it like, what was it like for you uh, to move to Belgium? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, I was in Paris right before I moved to Belgium. Um, and, you know, Paris is Paris, right? Uh, the scale of it, uh, all the art, all the culture. Uh, but but it's an extremely frenetic, high-energy place. I've lived there myself, and yeah. I can confirm it's pretty stressful. <laughs> exactly. You know, there's there's this kind of ambient stress in the air. It's, it's the same thing if you're in Manhattan or something, walking, and people are walking very, very fast, and suddenly you find yourself walking very, very fast and, yeah. and being very stressed out. Um, and I, I remember kind of getting off the train and arriving in Belgium, and I was just like, ah, oh, this is... <laughs> I can breathe again. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's much more relaxed. Yeah. Um, you know, I take my bicycle to work, uh, and 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 it's also not just a city of diplomats. I mean, yes, the EU's here, NATO's here, all these other bodies are here, um, but it's a whole city beyond that. And I've really found myself at home here. Uh, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. There's lots of culture. There's lots of uh, you know great restaurants, fun places to go, green spaces, you name it. So um, uh, yeah, I was I was kind of kind of happy when I arrived, and uh, and you know maybe again it was just that Paris contrast. I mean, you know, there, no. If you're listening to this and you're from Paris, I I, I love Paris. I love going back. But uh, for living, I personally. I've, I've enjoyed being here in Belgium. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time, Tom. Is there anything else you would still like to add? Well, I'll just say, you know, if you're thinking about coming to work for us, um, I feel pretty comfortable saying you'd be in for a pretty exciting and rewarding ride. Okay. Well, uh, let's uh, wrap up the podcast on that positive note. Again, thank you for your time. Uh, and I hope uh, you as a listener, you enjoyed uh, what Tom had to say uh, and it made you think of a career uh, at NATO. <laughs> thank you very much. Thanks so much, Julie. And to you, our listener. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you thought the conversation with Tom was interesting, please stay tuned for our next episode. I'll have a talk with Yannick Petri. Yannick works in NATO's Defense Investment Division and together we'll discuss working for a value-driven organization, resilience and mentorship. If today's conversation sparked an interest to work for NATO, please have a look at our website, nato.int, so that's nato.int, and click through to our career section.